The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. Tangled in tenderness, why do I have to live like this? We have had a top of the table football friends clash that fully lived up to the billing as the young pretenders at the NTC continue to top the table and we had our first ever naughty boy and girl combination from Rackage and Cook in the same game while over on the men's side we had a David versus Goliath clash that ended 5-0 to David as Kingsway cruised to victory over Perth, all that and Tottenham on this Perth Football Podcast. And welcome back to the Perth Fighting Games podcast. I'm Sean Fry, your host, Scorpion and Blankamane. Of course, your Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat expert, Kalichi Osunwa, our production man, is alongside me. He's our Tekken expert. So, Kalichi, step in and tell me who's your uh, who's your fighter and, and what's your strategy? Uh, Hihachi, Mishima, and uh, just counterpunch. Okay, just counterpunch. Oh, that's a bit boring. So let's go football instead. Why don't we do some football on the Perth Football Podcast? Of course, you've already heard uh, a little bit about our uh, fighting game background last week because we love to go off the rails, as I've done on this intro. So I'm going to introduce some of our lovely guests uh, alongside me. Man, who needs no introduction? Howdy, Sean. How are you? Nova, of course. Uh, we all know the, the great man. Uh, the uh, the GM is is out for today. He's pulled a hamstring, so Nova's stepping in to try and take that mantle. Uh, alongside me, a couple of fantastic special guests. We have Emma Smith, who is a data analyst uh, at Fremantle City and for, uh, is it your company, yeah, Squared yeah, Ball? Yeah. Fantastic. So founder and data analyst at Squared Ball. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Uh, so... Uh, Sam Geddes as well, uh, under-16s NTC coach. I didn't know whether to, to get a little uh, hello from you before we do our proper introductions, but I will. So, hello. Hey, how are you going? <laughs> I'm, I'm well. How are you going? Yeah, not bad, thank you. That's right. You were saying you were a bit nervous stepping into the uh, the booth. Is that... Uh, <laughs> As is, you need that first five minutes, just go in hard. That's what Kalichi will tell you. Just just throw everything out there. Just give it 100%. You'll be absolutely fine. Don't stress. Uh, let's throw back to you, Emma, for a second. Um, tell us a little bit about, uh, first of all, Squared Ball, what you're doing at Fremantle City, um, and, yeah, what brought you there? Why your football journey, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, where do you start? Look, um, I started playing football when I was 21. I played netball all through the high school and got a bit over that and I had someone wrote me into playing football. Um, they quit six months later and 20 years on I'm still here um, and uh, so that was at university at Curtin University Football Club and I was studying maths at the time and eventually I put the two together. So I started off in 2019 working with Florida Athena in the men's NPL and in doing that developed my own uh, match analysis program based on some of the needs that they had there and the um, KPIs they were looking at. And it sort of expanded, yeah, into, into Squared Ball, which I set up a couple of years ago. Um, I've done some work with numerous clubs. Uh, we do, I do live match analysis so that they can affect the game in real time. And then uh, with the introduction of the Instat data reporting for players, I've also been deep diving into that to help assist with player development and recruitment. Yeah, it's it's stuff that Kalichi and I are just massive uh, footballs. I can't remember. What's the correct one? Nerds or geeks? Dorks. See, <laughs> still can't remember. Total football dorks, stats dorks. So we uh, yeah, my people. Yeah, my we people. love this stuff. We love it. It's probably because neither of us are good enough to play at a high level. Um, <laughs> Me uh, neither, so mate. So it's all good. <laughs> it's amazing the things I can say when he's not on the microphone. It's this is the, these are the best pods. Um, but. Yeah, look, so you were showing me some of the data that you collect before the game. There's heat maps, there's like retention rates in different zones of the pitch. Uh, it's fascinating stuff. How how do you get that much uh, data from a game? How, yeah, what's, yeah. The, what's the system? Yeah, the basic system that I created is I'm tracking the uh, movement of the ball while in possession, while in control of possession of the team. So it's, um, it's like a strategic sort of movement of the ball. So all the different passages of play that I record, it's, it's just got some short codes in Excel, which also records a timestamp automatically for me, which is really good for going back and looking at the video afterwards. And from that raw data, you can sort of build all sorts of different KPIs that you might want to be looking at. So some of our key ones, obviously we all know possession, but I look at how much possession is in different areas of the pitch. So, for example, um, you know, with the Perth NTC game from the weekend, 
Um, overall, they were pretty even possession, but Perth had a lot more of their possession in the forward attacking half. So it gives you an idea of how you can deep dive into some of those aspects. Uh, other things we look at doing is how long it takes to win back possession after it's been lost. So because of all the timestamps, we can do that. So it's a base data and such that I can take it to kind of any coach and, you know, adapt it to what KPIs they might particularly be interested in and that could change from week to week. Yeah, cool. So it's based, So it's someone, you or someone watching the game and just pressing these codes to say yeah. there's been a completed pass in this section of the pitch or there's been a, yeah, cool. Yeah, an attempt at breaking the lines cool. or whatever it might be. Well, once yeah. I say the wrong thing and uh, on the commentary and Football West sack me, then um, come, come calling me. So <laughs> I love a job doing that. It sounds yeah. fascinating. Um, <laughs> Don't quit your day job yet, mate. <laughs> well, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll I certainly have quit mine, did, yeah. did, we, did we get your, get your other uh, football history? What else is, um, so you were Curtin originally as a player? We got, we did all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah all through that. Sorry, I wasn't, I was uh, too busy planning ahead. Uh, <laughs> moving over to Sam. So Sam, uh, current under-16s NTC coach. Uh, it's great to have you in here. We've talked all year about how great these uh players are that are coming through like we've seen the under 21s obviously we've seen the under 18s we've just the the standard at every grade is growing and improving every year how did you end up as a part of the NTC project um so originally I was at uh, when I first moved here um to Australia in 2016 I played a few for a few different teams and then eventually found myself at Queen's Park which is where I met Ben um, and then I just happened to be doing my B license when um, Chris Ola kind of just said, "Can you? We're looking for someone to support in the first team, which is the 18s. Can you help Gavin Sitet at the time?" Um, and I was I was more than happy to. Probably I didn't ex- see um, what I was gonna be jumping into as such. I don't think I was prepared um, for the workload that you actually do put in to ensure that the girls are getting the most out of the program, but. As it went on, the support system improved through Football West as well, especially with um, Chris Ola and Gareth Navin as well this year. Um, and then including all the sports science staff has started to grow as well. So we're trying to build the support system for the girls, which I think on top of adding an under-13s age group, I think we're seeing the rewards for that with this current crop of players in the 18s. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, obviously the more you speak, the more you start to hear the accent coming through. Uh, what's your What's your uh, background? Where Where did you grow up and how did you get into football? And who's your uh, Who's your Premier League team if you have one? Um, so I'm originally from uh, West Brom. So okay. not, not so Birmingham. So you don't have a Premier League team then? Uh, no, no. <laughs> um, it was West Brom and England and that's it. And okay. Dad, Dad wouldn't let me that's do anything. Not, <laughs> not a lot of trophies then. <laughs> no. He's, he's resigned you no, to a we, life of fame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Dad. Um, <laughs> and so who's your Premier League team, uh, Emma, if you have one? Liverpool. Oh, fantastic. Because before we jump into NTC Perth, which was our absolute game of the round and lived up to all the expectations, had drama, had naughty girls, naughty boys, the whole lot. Um, we just need to take a few minutes to laugh at Tottenham after uh, after last night. So if anyone wants to go first. Can... Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'll go first. That was so Spurs. Anyone that didn't see it. Uh, it, at first it looked like it was going to be another six nil or whatever it was that Newcastle put past them, uh, last week and then jumped out to a three goal lead and I've messaged Kalichi, I've just, which I should never do. Cause I know I'm just going to jinx it, but then, uh, Spurs get three back. The, the third they get back is in the 92nd minute, I think, or the 91st. And it's obviously every Liverpool, uh, fans favorite player, Richarlison, uh, coming off the bench. With an absolute fluke of a header that somehow bounces into the ground, loops over Allison, and he does the. I was saying to Kalichi before, it was the triple celebration. Mm-hmm. So he did the rip the shirt off and go and stand in front of the fans, because uh, that's I, I guess what you do when you want to be lauded. Uh, then he gives the shush around to a couple of sections. Then he comes back and finds Son and does the pigeon dance celebration as well. Because this huge moment where he's won his team a point that means nothing to either side and knocks both of them out of the top four race was obviously a huge moment for him. And then, of course, 80 seconds later, Spurs just spurs it. It's just, it was so Spurs. Uh, Long ball forward, Lucas Moura taps it through. Jota smashes it home. We talked a lot about Premier League last week. Um, I don't think Kalichi's looking at his uh, data, his graphs, trying to figure out the percentage chance uh, of Liverpool making top four now. I think it's back. It's gone down after uh, United and, um, yeah, Newcastle both picked up wins. But um, 
Yeah, top four safe now, Nova. Yeah, I think it was a good result, but I was more impressed with Klopp doing his hammy. So yeah. that, was, <laughs> that was probably my favourite moment. To be it was fair. the instant yeah. karma for giving I mean, I was the, upset uh, that they've they've come back to be to win at four three, but then to see Klopp doing his hammy <laughs> couldn't have been any happier and than just that. Just in a, and and like I was actually saying to Kalichi before, I'm like obviously have every Liverpool fan's a massive Jurgen Klopp fan, right? But that some of his, uh, I, I, and I've never, I've never minded like him talking about, you know, the pitch was dry and this and that because it's true. Like I want to know, I want to know why players can't make these passes. That that sort of stuff, I'm fine. When he can talk about politics and he, someone's been, ah, uh, yeah, corrupt or there's with the FIFA stuff for the World Cup. I love hearing him talk about it. But now he's started going on these rants about how there's referees. It's getting like, boring. Yeah, it's, it's, it's getting boring. Like a, an actual conspiracy. So trying to say that you know Paul Tierney's got it in for me and 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 for us and I don't know why and and he brings up a red card that Harry Kane didn't get like two or three years ago and I'd I don't know as a fellow Liverpool fan you're the only other one here now that Kalichi's on full producing duties today but how do you feel about it is it starting to get a bit too far with him well look uh, anytime Jürgen Klopp is on camera I find it wildly entertaining I don't care what he talks about so (laughs) (laughs) yeah fair fair enough I think I yeah I draw the line at the there's a couple of times now where he's he's already been in trouble for running up and screaming in a linesman's face, assistant referee, sorry, um, Lino. and uh, Lino's, Lino's face, Lino's and and then he goes up and screams in the fourth official's face in celebration for this one, as you said, pulls yeah. his hammy, which is perfect karma. Um, but then and then he says, I don't know what these referees will have against me. You go up and scream in their face every week. Of course, just just wearing a Liverpool shirt is enough. I would say, yeah, has to be against them. Well, yeah, sure, but um, I mean, if if you're talking about like you're a Premier League referee, you never made it that far. Premier League, I went National Premier League, so we can go the one here. That's as far as it went, but uh, I won't go there. All right, fair enough. Okay, so we are going to dive into the women's MPL action now, since we have the experts and we've got all the stats here. So we're looking forward to this. NTC Perth, that was our big uh, feature game this weekend. Uh, NTC run out winners. But the data, I think, tells us a bit of a different story that perhaps uh, Perth were the better side, you were saying before. We'll get on to all the drama at the end and the naughty girl and boy uh, from this game. But, yeah, tell us what the numbers say. Yeah, well, one of the important things about um, recording the data is it gives the narrative after the fact. I mean, we've all played games where... We played amazingly but still lost or we played rubbish and still pulled off a win. So um, it's always important to do a bit of a, a debrief afterwards. We found the stats um, generally Perth were on top. Uh, possession was pretty even um, by the end of it. NTC had more possession first half, Perth more in the second half. Um, but as I was saying before, Perth had more of their possession in their attacking half. They had more shots. We had 16 to 9 in the shots. Um, they were breaking the lines with greater success. Overall, I had uh, 50% success Perth, 43 NTC. Um, they had more entries into the attacking zone, so that's, you know, in the 18-yard box with um, at a good angle to shoot, 7 to 5. Um, they broke the line 61 times compared to NTC's 40. So these are the sorts of things that we look at to make sure, you know, that the build-up play is there, that you're doing all the right things to score, even if maybe you don't actually get that finish. Um, and the key stat there was was finishing. So um, NGC um, scored 33% from their shots and uh, Perth 6%. And, you know, uh, the why about that is is the subjective part. You know, was it that Perth were a bit off? Was it the NGC were, you know, really good at shutting them down and pushing into areas where it's difficult to score? That's subjective. Yeah. And we, we've always had, there's so many players that you see that I always think of the... Uh, streaky player in inverted commas that people love to say, oh, he'll just go on runs. And, and our winner last night, Diogo Jota, is all, all often talked about as this streaky player that will go on runs where he can't score a goal and then go on runs where he does score a goal and or like scores a goal every game for 10 games. And I always think like Jamie Vardy did the same thing where he had that record scoring run where he just couldn't miss. But statistically, there are just going to be those peaks and troughs, aren't there? And the, you, there's nothing you can do as a player to uh, you can train right and that'll improve consistency but that, that's always going to happen right that's just a part of football yeah absolutely and sometimes it can be a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy you know you start missing shots you know you get in your own head more it, yeah, yeah absolutely sure. and it can start sort of you know snowballing yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely and uh, you were at the game as well sam on sunday uh yeah so i ended up watching it after um our game in the 21s just yeah. before how'd they go in the 21s um 
We won six five. <laughs> yep. wow. Oh, yeah. Oh wow, that's the drama. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and uh, yeah, what did you think about the MPL game? How was the? Yeah, was it, the stats say probably Perth shaded it. Maybe deserved uh, at least a point out of it, but three points going to NTC. Yeah, look, I think um, when you look at both the sides, I as a coach, if I try and look at it as a neutral perspective, because then I can start looking at you know, who's doing what. And obviously I know what Ben was setting up to do, but then obviously looking at Pete and seeing what he was trying to do to combat that as well. Um, but um, for me, watching watching that and seeing that play out was actually pretty good. I actually think it was quite level for a lot of the game. So a lot of the stuff that I saw, um, I think in the first half, I think uh, Mia Britton on the right wing had Liana Cook on, on a plate um, yeah. every single time. And, yeah, you know, that's credit to her because she's, she's 15 years of age. She's just stepping into the first team as well. So to see that confidence, being able to take it on from the 21s league into the first team as well. And then Claudia as well, the other side doing the same thing, popping up with a goal um, is good from an NTC perspective. But if you look at the game, I think there was a period of time where I think there's only one period where I really thought, oh, you know what? Perth might nick this. Perth could nick this. And that's Nothing to take away from Perth. I still think Perth are still favourites to win the league. Um, as much as the NT Seagulls are probably have, have my life for that. But I still think I still think Perth are favourites. You'd look at their pa- their team on paper and you, you have to put them first. But, but um, where it is now, we're we're a decent chunk of the season in now, it, there's there's a chance. They might you must be going in thinking they can win it now. Not not yeah. necessarily that you will, but you can. That that must be the goal now at this point in the season. These are serious footballers wanting to embark on a football career and they've got a chance, as young as they all are and as inexperienced as some of them are, to, to make some waves here and, and create something. So surely the, the, you're not saying that it's title or nothing, but there must, there must be some optimism there that they'll oh, be battling towards the end of the season. Look, I mean, they'll probably have one, one, one eye on it, but um, realistically, they, they have a bigger, a bigger goal. They have to get national recognition, national identification and... As much as I'd love to win the league in Perth, there's probably a bigger goal there and, and W League contracts up for grabs as well. So, um, yeah. There's, there's also a part of it where potentially they're going to have um, nationals coming in as well. So they've got NTC Challenge, which mm-hmm. may take a chunk of players out if it happens and when it happens. Yeah. So we need to take that into perspective. And, and like Sam said, it's not about winning the league. Mm. It's about developing into better players. And, yeah. and, and this is where the stats are great and the coaches are great because – I think if they just worry about development and worry about the next step forward, the wins will come. And, yeah. and, th- and it's been happening because they're not stressing about winning a league. As much, every player wants to win a league, there's no doubt. Yeah. But their main focus is young Matildas, Matildas, these type of things. And mm-hmm. I think uh, what Ben's doing, Sam, um, you've got Fernando mm-hmm. um, that's there as well. Um, and then the, all the coaching staff. Yeah. Um, they're, they're moving in the right direction. Yeah. Oh no, and I, I fully understand, and it's the same thing with with the glory in the the men's MPL that the the goal of it is not to win every game, but to develop players and to yeah develop players that can play at the highest level. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like where they are, the the way I've seen them play, I think a part of football and part of experience is playing in big games and playing in title deciders. And if you can. If you can get a title run under your belt when you're 16, 17 years of age against 25, 30-year-old women who've been playing the game their whole life, oh, it can only be good for them, can't it, it? It's a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. But the other thing you have to look at when it comes to the crunch with certain games, the, the way they play is not going to change. So if they're 2-1 mm. down or one all, and they need to win, they're not going to tra- change the way they play. Whereas another team may go, we're 2-1 down, we've got to start pumping the ball long. Yeah. So yeah. NTC aren't going to do that. As much as sometimes you go, just knock it long, get as the old saying is, Kalichi does week in, week out, get it in the mixer. As much as the parents, just, parents up on the balcony oh, are screaming at them to and, launch it. And, and, and that will never change. Those yeah. parents are, I had them, everyone's had them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, but what they're doing is just phenomenal work. And, and it's actually, I'm lucky enough to work at Footballs and with Gareth and just listening in to phone conversations, as much as Sam doesn't want that. But yeah. just listening to football, <laughs> it, it's incredible just what they actually say. And it's all, yeah. Yeah. All, all good. All good. Well, let's move on to the controversial moment uh, at the end of this game, uh, which brings us to obviously everyone's favourite segment. Now you listen here. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Or girl. Uh, in this case, we got both. We got a naughty boy. That was uh, Coach Pete Rackett, who I didn't hear what he said. Did you hear what he said? You've, you've read the reports. Anything I actually, other, maybe? I, I don't. This is news to me. 
with Pete. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we had the red card. The red card was, I think, a second yellow for Liana Cook. Um, and we'll go around the table. Uh, penalty? Yes or no? Not, not putting you in the VAR booth. Can, can, can I be a Tommy? I'm so, no, you cannot be a Tommy. Come on, you got one. You had one look at it. Are you giving it or if, no? If at my first look, I was going no. Okay, so he said no. I thought yes. Emma says yes. Sam, I think yeah. You think yes? Wow, I think absolutely not. I yeah, no, I I thought she uh, and that is this is controversy. Um, I yeah, I just thought. As as I think we were talking about before, it looked like the the attacker, and we both said, "Look, it's one of those ones where if you're in a VAR booth in the Premier League, if he gives it, you can't overrule it. If he right. doesn't give it, you can't overrule yeah. it." But my first gut instinct, and it doesn't mean that it's not a foul, but I just never wanted to see them given where the player's not trying to take on yeah. the defender; they're just trying to knock the ball away, dive into the player, get some contact, and win a penalty. And you know what? It's it's clever thinking in terms of what she's done. Mm. Um, clever to, thinking to, or cheating? I don't think it's cheating. No, 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 absolutely not. Yeah, you have a softer view of che- it than cheating I Cheating is if cheating is when you click your heel and fall over, then making a noise. That's cheating. But <laughs> yeah. to initiate, so what she's done is initiated contact. So is there contact? Yes. Is the ball being played? No. But who's actually initiated? So they're basic. The players run into the defender to look like it's a foul. So for me, at first glance, I've gone okay. But then if you look more and more and more, the leg has come out, and there is that contact. So you go, well, was the leg out first, and then she's run into? I don't know, but. Again, it's uh, one of those tough ones. If, if I had to make a decision that close um, th- and without having to review it again and again, I'm, yeah, I don't think I would have. But again, it comes down to angles, as we've discussed. Yeah. Of the Exa- oh, exactly. And we're, so we're looking at where the referee is. Um, we had the same thing. Jurgen Klopp's big rant today was about Salah giving away a foul when he was having his shirt pulled off him. Yeah. But then when you, when you look at the replay and you try and understand it from a referee's perspective, you go... Well, if the referee's behind him and not in the angle to see that shirt pull, all he sees is the arm coming up and hit him yeah. in the face. What can he give? Yeah, like what correct. you only give what you see. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I think I mean, we've got to get your view on this, Sam. You think it was a penalty? So at at the time, yeah. I'll, I'll on it, At the time I was like, Oh, that looks harsh. But then when you actually watch it back, it's almost like the Crystal Palace um penalty um yeah. on the weekend. So it's like there is Which contact there is contact there. So where he's Knocked the ball around and then he's caught his hip. So there, there is contact there. It's almost exactly the same. She's knocked the ball around her. So has she tried to take her on? She has. I just don't think just because there's contact, it should be. Oh, for me, I'm, I'm the opposite to you. The first time I saw it, I thought like, it's it's a dive, never a penalty. And then the more I watch it, the more I think, oh, I can see a reason that it's given. I can see maybe it's a penalty. So, But I mean, the fact we're all four of us are standing around here with 50-50 yeah, split and we still haven't made it. The, the other thing you got to look at as well, and sometimes it's good to not, rush into giving a penalty is look at the player's body language. So you look at the defender who automatically, once it's given and you just go, oh, yeah, she knew that she's done something wrong. Again, and we've discussed this as well, the, the, the female game is a lot more honest. I was just going to say, if that was, if that was an NPL game, oh, yeah. the, the you, defender you wouldn't, you wouldn't is standing get, over and yelling at them to get up and yeah. calling them a diver, right? Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't get into the change room quick enough, to be fair. But, um, yeah, it's it's such an honest game, and the girls are, are so upfront and honest about what they do, and that's why, why I think it's another thing that you look at is, is the player's body language. I think as well for me, just adding on the player stuff, like knowing Georgia, she doesn't, she doesn't often dive. Like no, she's, that's the she's the one that usually gets kicked around and, yeah. you know, she's got, she's yeah. got bruises all over the place yeah. from so games. You see so. that quite a bit with, yeah. with a lot of the, of the players in the, in the women's league is that they'll get kicked and pushed and they'll try to keep their feet. Whereas as soon, in some of the men's games, you see them as soon as their shoelaces stepped on it, they're falling yeah. 15 metres. So. I know, th- and this is where, yeah, I've always said it makes the game. And the last week you weren't in, but my, my proposed change to the rules of football is even if you win a free kick, if you roll around and hold your face, you can still get a yellow card or you can be – because hockey, ice hockey is great for it because yeah. they, they give a penalty to both of them and they both go off. So yep. you get no penalty, no no benefit. Yeah, from yeah absolutely. I know, I love it, and I think I'll uh, get IFAB onto you, mate. You can, yeah, you can give them. a call. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I've got a few. Yeah. Kalisha's got some thoughts as well. We can we can uh, change uh, this game for the better. Well, it'd be good if he thought during a game. I thought, uh, <laughs> I thought when Georgia started a run, she she sort of had the intent. I think, yeah. to draw yeah. a foul. Oh, yeah. she knew what she was doing. Yeah, yeah there's no doubt. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. you know, I just there's no contact. There's no contact, and yeah. but there was. But there was, and that's exactly it. You know, pace. and. Yeah, yeah. I'm not all. Ab- I'm not about it. I think they should. You should keep trying to play the game, and if you get fouled, you get fouled. But uh, maybe I'm. Uh, 
old school. Although that's this has been this way for years, so maybe I'm new school. I don't know what I am, but we do need to wrap up part one. Uh, we'll have a quick glance over the other results. We had Perth Red Star, a big 3-0 away victory over Balcata. Uh, Fremantle City getting a 1-0 win over Subiaco. Uh, quick thoughts on that? Yeah, look, that was uh, that was an exciting game to watch. Fremantle had 24 shots. Um, I think nine were on target and probably another nine hit a post or a crossbar. Wow. Um, it was, yeah. And just, looked a, just a comfortable 1-0. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, there were some nervous moments for sure. The Subiaco goalkeeper, um, Ash, she had a great game, pulled off a couple of amazing saves. Um, yeah, and they looked like they could potentially steal a point. Um, but, no, fortunately, from my perspective, they did not. And, uh, yeah, I thought Fremantle looked really strong. And then the uh, customary 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 nil uh, Mum FC over Curtin this week. Um, I won't say too much more about that. Um, but, yeah, look, we've, we've got about 30 seconds left in, in part one. So I will, uh, since we were on Fremantle City, where, where, where are they standing at the moment in terms of uh, this season? What are the goals? What do you think can, can come of, yeah, their start to this season? Look, I think they're, you know, they've had a few changes in the off season, but I think the direction they're going in is really good. Top four? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, fantastic. Well, uh, we need to move on. Part two, we're going to try and get Tommy Dolman on the line. Thank you two so, so much for joining us, Sam and Emma, for the first time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back with more after this. And before we dive back into part two, we just want to send a quick thank you out to Balance and Revive Massage Therapy, our latest sponsors here at the Perth Football Podcast. And if you want to get 10% off remedial and sports massages, just go and say hi uh, from the Perth Football Podcast. Use the code PFP23. Uh, that's PFP23. And you get 10% off all remedial and sports massages at Balance and Revive. You can find them in Carambine at 1 Hobson's Gate. And we're back for part two. Uh, we're going to jump straight in uh, to a little bit more Naughty Boy action. We got a bit of uh, Pete Rakic and uh, Liana Cook getting their names in the uh, the red card list for this season. Um, but before we do that, we've got to welcome Tommy Dolman on the line. Mr. Football, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Sean. Hey, everyone. Hello, mate. Hello. Good to hear. Yeah. Uh, we've still got Sam. We've still got Emma. So we have got a packed house. This is the most uh, participants we've ever had on the field uh, we're just going to see how we go with the extra man. Um, but the teams we're going to talk about were the teams that had the one man list. Two extra ladies as well, I, I should say. Um, but Perth Glory, Coburn City, uh, our boy Brucey had to get the red out. All right. Now, do you know who the, the, the player was that got sent off, Tommy? Was it Lucas Cook? Is that his name? I actually don't know. Oh, I can't got one over on Tommy. That doesn't happen very often. It's the first often. time I've seen you yeah. not know an answer, Tommy. <laughs> um, anyway, I think it was. We, I mean, we we trawled through um, our team sheets and and the joys of Squatty, which we're not going to go into for another week, um, to try and figure out who it was. We think it was Lucas Cook. Um, and, and what's happened there is the 91st minute, they're up five goals to three. And um, the ball's gone out for a throw-in. And I did start the timer and stop the timer when he eventually threw it in. It was 30 seconds he took to take a throw-in, which is too long, isn't it, Nova? Oh, it's a long time, but why are you playing one-minute additional? Isn't the game 90? Call full-time, then no one's getting sent off. And there's, <laughs> there's no a, problem. They've already signaled for six minutes of additional yeah, time. that's a long time. There were nine but, goals in this game. Again, 30 seconds to take a throw-in. It's still 15 seconds less than Kalichi. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> end of the day, it's, it, yeah, if you're taking that long and, and you know, the worst bit is for that player, he knows he's on a yellow. So if he's going to take that risk of delaying restart, then... Yeah. Then that's that's what I don't understand from suffer, a team suffer the from a team perspective and from a coaching yeah. perspective and a player perspective. Dude, if you want to master the dark arts, and uh, this is what we're bringing these uh, young uh, boys slash men up to do, right, is to learn the dark arts of football. Yeah, I don't know. Right? About, I don't know about the coach. I mean, obviously, he may have a long throw, and that's why he's come across to take it. He's taken his time, but again, you don't know, think so. You know, live by <laughs> the sword, die by the sword, and if you're gonna if you're gonna take that risk, then unlucky. Yeah, and so the one thing I wasn't sure, it did look a bit like he, he gave the yellow card for time-wasting and then realised when he went to write in his notepad, ah, that's your second. Now you've got to give your marching orders. I don't know whether that is what happened, but maybe it was one of those where if it was the first yellow, he might have um, just given it to him. And if he knew he'd already had one, maybe he'd say, come on, hurry it up. And then if he ignored him. Yeah, then you, then you were. Yeah. 
Or maybe it was for afters. I think there was something he said. Uh, he might have said afterwards. I don't know. Again, we're only getting one angle from. Uh, we should ring Brucey one day. And yeah, out absolutely. What, what's the deal. Oh, yeah, I'd love to do that. Um, a but like you, he did. <laughs> he did. Oh, come on, mine's a bit grayer. Bit more, yeah, that's that's <laughs> the one. Yeah. Um, so uh, that was our one other naughty boy. Uh, what was that Sterling Macedonia? Did you see this one, Tommy? Uh, reminds me. Oh, did you have the week that. off? <laughs> um, so give me the name again, Kalichi. Giles Davis. It was on the on the slide tackle uh, coming into midfield. Took a bit of a heavy touch. Went through. Uh, kept kept his feet low, but it was. Uh, did you see it, Nova? It was ones where he sort of. It's a pretty easy read. To yeah, it's it's, it's, it's it's not beat about it's, beat it's, around the bush. It's it's, it's low. I mean, and this is again where the the angle. It's. Yeah. You can't really see it from from where it is, but if you know the way he's gone in yeah. is with his studs showing. Yeah, and, and that's it. And height height doesn't matter at, at, oh, at that point, oh well, does it? yes and no. Uh, if it's above the ankle, once you're above the ankle, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, you're in trouble. So yeah, and I guess when you come in with your full yeah, full foot of studs you, showing, you, know, you can't you know what you do. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Yeah. And 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 I don't think there was too many. Uh, Issues after in terms of uh, complaints, complaints in ter- yeah, in that regard. But uh, off he went, and um, yeah, I don't think Fergie was too impressed. But yeah, yeah. no, I'd agree. Looked a red to me. Um, where are we starting in terms of the action uh, this week? Let's go. Where were you, Tommy? You were down at the um, uh, Armadale Florid, is that right? Yeah, I did. I went down there on Saturday. Um, I was really impressed with Armadale. Um, they've leaked a few goals in recent weeks. Um, Obviously, against Squell up in the cup, getting knocked out. And they got um, the game you did, Sean, against Red Star as well, where Daryl Nichols sort of cut through them. But um, I spoke to John O'Reilly after the game, and you can hear a little snippet of that on the podcast to give that a plug. But um, he, he essentially said that Armadale just got back to their roots and, and started playing like uh, and started playing as, as Armadale used to. And, and that was with a high intensity from the off that never allowed Florida to settle in the game. And... And they got two goals in, in three first half minutes, which sort of set the platform for their win. And um, yeah, it was a fully deserved victory. And uh, I asked you last week if uh, all these red cards and a bit of, uh, yeah, all the drama starting at Floriad and the, you know, uh, what's what's the word? The siege mentality, that the decisions aren't going their way and everything's going wrong. Um, was Was a stark contrast to last season when they just got on with it. And I said, is it panic time yet for Floriat? And I'll ask you again. No. Um, the only reason I would... So one caveat as well, Bailey Brown Montgomery went off with injury in the first half and he's a he's a pivotal player to their attacking structure. Um, if you remember last season, they had a little bit of a wobble. Um, I think they were winless in four games, um, sort of around the round six, round seven, round eight mark. And, and people were sort of writing them off as... Perhaps people did previously when they sort of um, fell apart, having led by 10 points in 2021. But um, they managed to get it together with a couple of away wins on the bounce and then obviously went on to win the league, as, as we all know. So no, I think it's too early to be riding off Florida just yet. And I mean, especially when the league's, what, four points separating all 12 teams, I think... Um, uh, as again, yeah. I was as I was sort of having a chat with John at the weekend, I, I'm, I'm still myself, as in Tommy, still trying to figure out who's any good in this league and, and who's sort of um, not performing. It's a little bit of a hard one to gauge, which is very unusual for this time of year. Normally, uh, six games is a large enough sample state. Size. Yeah, no, normally you've seen a f- team or two start to separate themselves from the pack. At both ends, you, you've usually got one that's fallen away, not winning any games, and uh, and a couple that you know are starting to show that they want to be title contenders. We did have a team that looked like they were going to be cutting themselves a, a bit loose at the bottom, and that was Kingsway not being able to get any wins in their first few games. Uh, obviously got one. Was it Armadale their first uh, win? Yes. Yes, there we go. I knew you'd come good for something, Tommy. And then um, and then on the weekend, we've got, uh, just in a, as a perfect example of how unpredictable the league is, first versus bottom. Uh, and as I said in the with the stats, they were the two lowest scoring teams in the league. One of them was on top. One of them was bottom, largely because uh, Kingsway had been conceding more goals and Perth's defensive record had been excellent. But my word, they were not excellent, especially defensively on the weekend. Kingsway running out 5-0 winners. Um, did anyone catch anything from that? That's a, that's a shock. I, I just it? think everything went right for Kingsway. Um, they've had the, the same amount of opportunities. That they just The difference is the ball's going in the back, crossing that white line and into the back of the net. So that, that was the only 
difference in terms of how they've played because they've been good in, in other matches. Um, I, I want... Sorry, Tommy, go on. Go on, Tommy. No, I was just going to ask you a question, Sean. Sorry to cut you off, Nova. Um, with um, with Kingsway, they played with Joe Hobson up front and we've seen them play with Kieran Byrne for the first yep. sort of four or five weeks of the season. And, and to Nova's point, they've had a lot of the ball, Kingsway, but maybe just haven't quite had the punch going forward. I just wanted your thoughts, given you called the game, as to the impact that Hobson had up front as opposed to Byrne on the day. Um, I... Well, the the first bit of impact he had was he handballed the uh, ball in the build up to um to their penalty, um which was missed. But then he stepped up and scored the penalty. Um, but there they were really attacked. Like their focus, but Liam Murray was um was terrific. Uh, he, he is one of those players that just on his day can just torch anyone. Um, his just day isn't consistent enough. And and there would be and even in this game there'd be I was I'd be talking about how great Liam Murray's been, and then I wouldn't really mention it for twenty minutes and. Um, but but he just when he's on the ball and when he's running at it, I, I think Zaid Farah is still going to be having nightmares about him tonight because um, it just every time he got him squared him up, it was it was it was scary. Um, and his shot wasn't great. And as as, as Nova said, it, the first goal was was Liam Murray cutting in, and it was a pretty tame finish to the near post. And but on these days where everything's going your way, um, I mean Radnich is one of the best goalkeepers in the league, and he's just let that squirm past him as a soft one, and he he'd really want that back. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was necessarily a change of striker. I don't think Hobson made this huge difference. Um, that Kieran Byrne. I've seen a lot of Kieran Byrne this year as well, and he's he's been one of their, you know, better players. He works hard. He comes short. He's not just a big target man. Um, so I, I I would tend to agree. And like we were talking about before, um, Emma, the some days just all of these shots go in, and this goalkeeper makes a mistake he wouldn't normally make. Um, and uh, I think it was Oscar Barry came in, scored the third, smashing strike. Some days they just all go in, don't they? Yeah, I do think they're a bit rattled after the Australia Cup loss, so I think they're beyond that. Yeah, well, I mean, the, yeah, the, yeah. After after that, anyway, Perth just collapsed. It was um, it, it was wasn't much of a game second half. It was pretty pretty dull. I think copping a soft goal early. It kills you as a team as well because yeah. you, a lot of people go, "Oh, just forget about it." It's very difficult. It's very. It's like I'll put it into a referee perspective. You make a bad decision early in the game, you're in trouble because it's always in your mind. You know, you, you sort of have second thoughts. Sec, you know, you have doubts. Defenders will have doubts on their keeper in that particular instance because do I go for it now because I'm not comfortable or does a keeper in his mind going. You know, I've copped it, but um, Radonich is a great keeper, and he, he was a state. He's a state keeper as well. And you have, like you said, you have those days, but you'll find that he'll have one of those days out of thirty uh, match days, and and he'll come back bigger and better and stronger. Uh, I mean, good good goalkeeping family, and, and he's a great keeper himself. Interesting, you say those uh, games as a referee where you make an early mistake. What would you know about that? Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm yeah. just saying other. Oh, referees. you're from other yeah, yeah, other yeah, referees' yeah, yeah. perspectives. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, moving on uh, around the grounds, uh, we also had Inglewood one, Sorrento one. Uh, another couple of teams I can't quite figure out, Tommy. No, neither. Um, I think Polici was at that game, so I don't know if he's got a mic available and and he can give some thoughts on that game. But yeah, yeah look, look, I'll pass really the headphones over to the to the great man. He can tell us a little bit about this one. Uh, that was a classic poop will get off the pot kind of game where even both of these teams, even with conversations with both of these teams, um, they said, you know, they were looking at fifth or sixth place unless they got to win there. And if they're real serious contenders for the top four, then Sorrento were thinking, look, we need to beat Inglewood. And Inglewood were thinking, look, if we're serious contenders for the top four, then we need to be beating Sorrento. So in a really weird way, the draw kind of ends up balancing it out. But if you listen to our podcast on the weekend, um, it was all it was all Sorrento in the first half when nothing really happened. Englewood got a hold of it in the second half when Shob McCullough came on. Um, he'd been hurt, but he came on and he provided spark and spark and spark. And after Domfe got the penalty to equalise, they had four chances. Two fell to Domfe. Big time saves from Paddy Hughes, young goalkeeper. I think he's 18. Um, made some real big impactful saves. And then... Um, Kieran had a uh, had had a chance to win it, but he had an air kick off the volley, six yards out the box. Um, so one all draw kind of is a fair result, but um, and I don't think that they will mind saying this, but the Sorrento substitutes kind of hampered them with every single substitute. They just didn't have the depth that they needed with so many players out injured as well. So and I'm not sure if that's come across on the stats. If you've got any stats for those ones for those games in at all. Um, but that's what I kind of saw, Tommy. And uh, moving on as well, we had the nine goal thriller uh, up at 
Lark Hill Sportsplex, is that the correct uh, correct name these days? Uh, Perth Glory 5, Coburn City 4. This was on with the Naughty Boy we'd already mentioned when they were 5-3 up. Coburn went on to score again. Um, there are, well, we've said it so many times, Tommy, um, just games that you can't, or teams that you can't predict, you can't figure them out. One thing you can always bet on is that this Glory team at the moment is just going to be a crazy game. Yeah, they've been involved in a lot of high-scoring games and, and dramatic games, um, as, as we've sort of touched on in previous weeks against Armadale, against Bayswater. They, they fell to that late winner against Perth that we saw as well, Sean. But, um, yeah, that, I suppose that's um, that's what you sort of get with the glory. They're, they're obviously a young team. I'm sure you guys spoke a, a, a little bit about it in, with the with the NTC players as well sometimes with this with the style of football they play. Um, they, they play an open brand and, and they do give the opposition chances within games to um, to put the ball in the net. Um, but, it's, but it's great for the neutral and it's great entertainment. Um, it's just going to be interesting in terms of the glory, whether they can sustain it. Um, they've got some very good attacking players in that team. Um, the likes of Joshua and Asimo, Jaden Gorman, uh, Daniel Benny's having a really good season as well. I'd love to know his assist count, actually. I, I think he's. I think he'd be right up there just based on what I've seen. You're in the I've right seen. place. Emma, what is it? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Don't, don't have those off right the top now, of your head. Right? Yeah, Tommy's got the computer in his brain. You actually need your actual computer. That makes sense. Um, we did talk about that with the NTC. How did he know? How did he know? He's a smart man, isn't he? Uh, let's move on to the, the last score. Uh, well, we had Sterling one, Bayswater three as well. Um, that was the one with the uh, the red card, the naughty boy we already talked about. And Sam, you were at this one. Was it a was it a three one result? What was because I mean Bayswater have come from a team that we'd all written off um, to yeah unbeaten in four as Kalichi is saying to me. It must be three wins on the bounce. Now that's a real stat, not this unbeaten nonsense. Um, three wins on the bounce and against Sterling Macedonia now at Sterling. That's that's some result that I saw them get picked apart by Coburn a month ago, and they were atrocious. And now they're putting in this performance. Did, was it was it a good performance? I uh, yeah, I I thought he was better than I have seen before. I think the last couple of games I've I've watched, um, one of them at six eight was the game against Glory when it was they were three nil up. Um, I went home at halftime. I think it was three one at halftime, and I went home and put it on streamer, and and I was like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that was the, in the game or no, the, the word streamer not working. No, no this was a couple of weeks right ago. Yeah, was, I think that was, game that was one working was a, a couple of weeks ago. I watched it on that. So yeah, it was all right. this yeah. this, this week at the end, didn't yeah. this week was yeah. not as good. I uh, I was I was trying to get um, some highlights of the other games at halftime. I couldn't get anything going on streamer, so that was a bit of a, a shambles. I was going to ask actually. Uh, Kalichi's just uh, prompted me there. Uh, Cam Edwards did, was he playing midfield for Bayswater? Because he, it may be yeah, that yeah, yeah. he has been a big difference. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was the type of player that they needed. We talked about it. They need someone to do some work in in midfield rather than just the two holders that they have who do a great job. But then there was just this chasm between their their midfield and their front six or however many they wanted to throw up there. Yeah, I think I think they just looked a bit more connected and they're just a bit yeah. more on the same page, like they knew what was going on. And I think as well, the back line looked a bit stronger as well from that. Um, so I think, I mean, if you have a player in front of you, if you're in the back line and then the player in front of you, you know he's going to do a bit of work as well and balance you all out, then that's always going to help you with your confidence. Sounds like a uh, managerial uh, bit of masterstroke there. Yeah, he's he's a great, great manager and um, both in the office and on the pitch as well. But um, I think, but again, you talk to Gareth about his games and, and there's never any stress. Maybe he, because he's done it at a higher level, I don't know, but... Yeah, I think, and like Sam just said, in terms of confidence, and you have someone like Cam Edwards in there, it makes a massive difference because the team just relaxes a bit more because they know they've got that connection that's happening. Um, and, and just a team that I think is going to keep keep getting better and better. And um, maybe they'll make their push, you know, late towards the end with, you know, you got Perth Red Star as well that, that look good. Yeah. Um, well, that's, well, that's our last uh, yeah. game of the round was to mention that Perth Red Star of who started the season slowly uh, are now just turning it on. They are scoring buckets of goals. They're not conceding many. They went away to Balcata, who bit the opposite, started like a house on fire, and now maybe starting to to hit the brakes a little bit. Um, three nil winners 
Red Star, it's starting to feel like they're the team to catch. Does anyone disagree with that? Uh, I think when you've got the unit at the back there in uh, in Rocket, you know, just controlling everything, talking, nonstop communication. You've got a pretty good unit up the front as well. And then you've got, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you've got the massive house at the back and then you've got a beautiful little complex, you know, up front that just has the bells and whistles. Oh, who are the wingers? In this? Hey, who are the just wingers? A, in? Just it. What do you mean? In terms, like of, in terms of this housing complex, uh, <laughs> that's the moat. Anagram, me, a metaphor. That's the moat. <laughs> it's it's the river. Yeah, just I think they've just and and you know, Cal's got them going how they should and, and butters as well. So the the team the team looks good. They've just a great connection there and. Um, and within it's it's a young side too, so they've got the experience with a lot of younger players, which they've they've got in, got yeah. got them going well. I, and I would say, obviously, they went went down to the last game last season. Um, they've backed it up, at, yeah. you know, with some of the performances again this season. And before Liam Reddy came in, they'd started those the seven goals against Sorrento oh, yeah. and the six goals. Yeah. Uh, well, the six goals against Armadale was his first game, but yeah, they they'd started to remind us already what they could do before he came in, and then just adding. Adding that experience and that Huge. level of a, a professional in goals, um, yeah, I, I think they should be odds-on favourites. Yeah. What do you think, Tommy? Oh, I think it's a bit early to, to go for a bold call like that. Sure. I know you do, um, Tommy, but I'm all about the bold <laughs> but, calls, mate. Uh, they're very strong, and I think many of us had them in our top four at the start of the season. And um, yeah, it's not a surprise to see them firing on all cylinders and, and Chuck Dow's having a great season as well. Um, two great goals in this game as well from um, Tom Hoffman and Ryan Finney, both from long range. So you can go and check those out. And, and just on Balcatter, I suppose, um, they, they kind of just are the epitome of how this league's going so far. I think they've picked up three wins and all of them have been on the road. And they've had three games at home and they've not picked up a victory in any of them yet. So um, no. I, I can't sort of make head or tail of them at the moment. And it just sort of goes to show with the, the way the league's shaping up that but no one has a clue if anyone's any good, as I said before. And even Bayswater, we were sort of writing them off after three weeks of the season. Suddenly they've won three in a row and they're unbeaten in four in their second place. So, yeah, yeah and it, now, it's and, mad. And now they're taking on Floriot uh, on the weekend as well, Tommy. So uh, let me ask you, if uh, Bayswater win that one 3-0, is it time to panic for Floriot? Uh, I'll say no, although... Uh, Bayswater won that game six one last year. Yes, yes. I mean, I was going to to pick up, and maybe you'll have a view on this, Emma, uh, as with your um, stats background, thinking of this this home and away advantage disadvantage. I know it's a it's huge advantage statistically in professional sports. I don't feel like it's as big of a thing in the NPL. Uh, does, do you have data on that or? or yeah, something we'd looked at before. Um, yeah, no, look, at it can really vary between the teams as well. You know, I think it depends on, like, the home pitch, whether it suits their style of play. Uh, yeah, how similar but, but you do, but it is less of an advantage less than it is. Less of an advantage, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, you don't have, you know, the cough. Yes, it's the thousands, <laughs> it's the thousands the of baying fans that yeah, sway course, those 50-50 yeah. decisions, I, right? I think also, uh, she's right, I mean, and Kalichi, correct me if I'm wrong, would you rather play... <laughs> Jaguars at your ground or at their ground where their ground is 165 metres by 75 <laughs> wide and with pace and that's where yeah. it does make a difference. I'm sure there will be specific instances. But let's, where, say, yeah. let's say we become a competition where every pitch needs to be 105 by 68. That's when it, teams then get used to specific sizes and stuff similar to the A-League where every pitch has to be exactly the same size. Every um, professional league in the world is at that sort of... Sorry? Kalicha, you're not on the microphone, mate. Let's show a bit of Which ground's that? North Perth? <laughs> that's not a football ground. That's a dog park, mate. So oh, wow. uh, that can't be what he's talking about. No, I swear I just watched some highlights that Kalichi sent. Someone was yeah, you can see Dave Averson <laughs> trying to run into the penalty area and he stops. It's like he hits a brick wall. <laughs> I'll tell you what does uh, does have an impact, I think, is whether you're playing on turf or on grass. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. a Murdoch. Murdoch, for yeah. example. Yeah. 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 So I think it's, it's tough to be away to Murdoch when you're not used to being on turf, for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, we're just about reaching the end of another fantastic Perth football podcast. I will throw it back open to uh, the floor to discuss any. Anything in, in football, in world football, um, mostly because Tommy, we we missed you last week after uh, after the <laughs> after the six one mate. So I thought I'd get your thoughts on that game to if you can cast your mind back that far. Oh, we've moved on, Sean. We've uh, we've had three games in the past week after that game, and we've not won any of them. So yeah, it's Leeds not, are on a, um, a on a on a spiral. 
um, Ling trajectory at the moment to the point where there's even talk in the UK press this morning that Gracia is going to get fired from the final four games and that a firefighter might be coming in to try and save the day. Good well, luck. Fra- We've got Manchester City next. Frank Lampard might be available if you wait another week. Maybe you could get him in and, uh, <laughs> to save you from relegation. He's already done it once with Everton. I'm not sure after the Leeds history with Derby um, a few seasons ago that Lampard would be a good fit. Mate, when Everton, after Everton signed Rafa Benitez, I think anything's possible. There's no, um, yeah, nothing's off limits. Uh, we also have the great opportunity to hear a bit about what's going on in, uh, in Baggies land. What's, what's the West Brom latest? Uh, well, we've, we've bowled it. Okay. We've bowled it. Um, I think it's, it's like something someone has to draw, lose. We have to win by so many goals and hope everything falls in our favour for us to even make playoffs. Yeah. Um, but I mean, how long until we, we how long were bottom? T- we were stone cold bottom with Steve Bruce in charge. So I mean, it's been bleak. Yeah, it's it's all right now. Okay, all right. This uh, just look at the silver lining at the at the bottom of the cloud. Uh, is thought. that where the silver lining is? The bottom of the cloud? Or does anyone know? No, no one. Knows. I don't even know what a silver lining is. Oh, Tommy would know. So, <laughs> Tommy. Yeah. Well, um, I've got nothing. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, how long until Wrexham overtake you, mate? Um. <laughs> Ben Foster, as long as he comes back, I'm really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, obviously, I think we've, I think we talked about the the fact that Wrexham are now in that p- p- professional league. Are you a big Ryan Reynolds fan? I, I, uh, I am. Nova? As of next year, going to be a Wrexham member, so I'm jumping on the bandwagon. Are you really? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Uh, have that. you guys seen the documentary? What did you seen any of it? No, uh, I haven't. No, but I've seen some of the the stats actually. Of oh, please, yeah, <laughs> please go ahead. Oh, just the impact it's had on their membership numbers yeah, and all absolutely. the rest of it. Just to bring in oh, that the, attention. Oh, you mean the the, yeah. the office stats, the the yeah. books? And stuff. Oh, I don't want that <laughs> oh, stuff. <boo>. No, <laughs> no, Kalichi's Kalichi's the money. Kalichi's the man you need hosting if you want to talk about finances and <laughs> the economy and that sort of thing. But unfortunately, he's not here. Um, well, he is here, but he's not on a microphone. I'll actually just give you my microphone so you can. Say goodbye to the to your adoring fans, Kalichi. Goodbye, adoring fans, Kalichi. Um, smart ass, isn't he? Tommy, thank you for joining us so much. No problem. Speak soon, everyone. Uh, Nova. Good night, all. Always a pleasure. Uh, it's Never great to be job. here again. Uh, Sam Geddes, thank you so much for coming in the booth for the first time. Thank you for having me. And Emma Smith. Yeah, thanks very much. Pleasure. Thank you so much, everyone. Good night. What's that? Oh, Kalichi. Josh, try it. <laughs> Didn't I say something funny? Have I said have I said nothing funny in the last fifty minutes? Oh, okay. So there's a uh, man walked into a bar. Um, I don't know why I didn't see it. <laughs> That's all. See you guys. Bye. Oh, <laughs> Tottenham. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. so much harder when I have to read it.